0: Chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, where the shows read in our hearing. Let's look at verse 20. If you dare, just say amen. The Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power of that worketh in us. Unto him be glory, in the church by Christ, Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We wanna talk on the subject title this morning, Our God is an able God. Our God is an able God. I want to, uh, first of all, just uh, reread verse 20 and 21, and then I'll give you just a bit of uh, historicity of the uh, letters that is called the prison uh, epistles. Notice again the writings. Y'all up this morning? Everybody doing all right? The the Paul says, now unto him. You see it? drop down to 21, unto him. Never get this thing twisted. It is never about you. It is always about him. He says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. I want to go back and just deal with what happened around AD 61, AD 62. There was a fellow by the name of Paul. Paul had been in prison by Nero, who was the emperor of Rome and i want you to know that paul was under what is called house arrest he he had the privilege of people they can come and visit him and and go and come and visit paul but while they were coming paul had four individuals who would come to him and paul was writing these four letters they call the The prison epistles, some of you all are familiar with the pastoral epistles, 1st, 2nd Timothy and the book of Titus. He writes to preachers to instruct them how to go about setting things in order inside of the Lord's house, how to give guidance to leaders and even for their own lives. That's the the pastoral epistles. But here I want to remind us and give notice information of the pastoral or the prison uh, epistles uh, on today. There was a fellow by the name of Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus uh, was a servant of the Lord and Epaphroditus uh, found his way to Rome and what happened? Paul was writing a particular letter, and he gave it to uh, that of Epaphroditus. Now, Epaphroditus takes that letter, and he takes that letter all the way to the city of Philippi. And There's another fellow there by the name of Onesimus. Onesimus is a runaway slave. He comes from the household of Philemon. You ever heard of the book of Philemon? It's a small book, it's not written to a church, it's written to a person. And so there Paul writes this letter to the household of Philemon, but he gives it to that person by the name of Onesimus and he wants Onesimus to go back to uh, his master and bring uh, this letter that Paul may instruct him how he may receive uh, uh, the servant who ran away from his home. Then there's uh, another fellow, this fellow uh, over here is Ty- Tychicus and Tychicus is uh, a servant of the Lord and what, what he does, he, he gets the letter from Paul from Rome and what he does, he brings it all the way uh, to the city of Ephesus. And then uh, there's another fellow uh, that takes a letter and he takes that letter to the city of Colossae. Uh, this fellow, uh, Epaphras, uh, his name is Epaphras. And Epaphras takes the letter from Rome and he takes that letter and he brings it all the way to the city of Colossae. Now what I want you to understand, if Nero, if Nero understood what was on those letters, he would have never allowed those men to leave out of Rome if he knew what was on those letters, how the letters was going to affect change in the city of Philippi, in that of Colossae, in that of Ephesus, and in the household of Philemon, he would have never allowed those false servants of God to leave Rome and to go to those particular cities. Now God is able. You can see God's work even while Paul was in prison. You can see how God was with Paul and how God was with these four servants to make it all the way to what was called Asia Minor. And I want you to know today that there's four other things I want you to know. You deal with the book of Philippians, Epaphroditus goes there, Epaphras goes to Colossae, Tychicus goes to Ephesus, and Onesimus goes to that of the household of Philemon. But somebody says, what are those books dealing with? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question this morning. I don't know what to do with myself. Philippians is a book. I want you to understand two things this morning. I want you to understand the centerpiece and the circumference. The center is that which sits in the center. The circumference is that which surrounds that center. I want you to understand the center of the book of Philippians is Christian living, and in Philippians, the center, the core is that of Christian living, but the circumference is Jesus the Christ. The center is how Christians should live. The circumference is Philippians 4 and verse number 13. Jesus is the power source, I don't care how good you think you are as a child of the living god not live a christian life that is pleasing to god apart from the power source in philippians 4 13 the bible says i can do what all things not some but i can do all things sometimes the devil will get to our minds and cause us to become discouraged and let us know that we cannot do some things But I want you to know, you can do all things, not through yourself, but through Jesus, our Christ, who provides us with the spiritual strength that we need. So keep this here. Philippians, the center is Christian living. The power source is Jesus, the Christ. I need Jesus in my life. You need Jesus in your life. You can never have too much Jesus in your life. You can never overflow too much with Jesus. You can always utilize the power that comes from the Lord. We need Jesus not just on Sunday, but we need him on Monday morning. We need Jesus when we're dealing with our enemies, and we need Jesus when we're dealing even with some of our kinfolk. We need Jesus in our lives uh, to be propped up and what God wants us to be each and every day, not just on the Lord's Day. Centerpiece is how to live like a Christian. You can't live like a Christian apart from the power source. Then you run over to the city of Colossae. Now when you go there, the center is that of Jesus Christ. Jesus is is the center in Colossians. I need you to know the circumference is the church. Somebody said, how do you know Jesus is the center? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. I still don't know what to do with myself. Here's the deal. Jesus is the center. I know because the Bible says all things that was made was made by him and was made for him jesus is the center of the book of colossians the church is the circumference when you look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 and 24 you will find there that jesus christ is the head of the body he is the head of the church but he is the center in colossi the city the book of colossians glorifies jesus the christ it also tells us that Jesus has the preeminence in the church. That simply means that Jesus is superior to everybody in this life. I don't care who you are. You might be the prime minister. You might be commander and chief. You might be superintendent. You might be the gospel preacher. But nobody is over Jesus the Christ. He supersedes everybody. He is supreme to everybody. And everybody under Christ is inferior to him. He is the center. He is the center. The church is the circumference. Now watch this here. We'll come back to it, but let's just drop it here. Ephesians, the city of Ephesus. The church is the core. The church is the center. Jesus is its circumference. I know the church is the core and the center because in Ephesians 1, 22, 23, the Bible says, and he had put all things underneath his feet. Given him to be head over all things to the church. Must I say, Jesus doesn't share his leadership, his hierarchy, his supremacy with anybody. I don't care if his name is reverend. I don't care if his name is bishop. I don't care if his name is the pope. He does not share leadership with nobody and had put all things underneath his feet, giving him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness that fill it all in all. Jesus does not need anybody's help. And he is the circumference, but the church is the center in that of Ephesians. When you go over to Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, the Bible says, there is one Body. In other words, there is but one church. It is the church that is the center, but it is that of Jesus, the circumference. I stopped by today to tell you, when you look at the book of Ephesians, you cannot help but see the church glorified by itself. I want you to know it is imperative for you to tell somebody about Jesus and his church. No, you don't understand what I'm saying people are dying every single day and they don't know the Lord. And the sad part about it is folk who are dying sometime are close to us. And the sad part about it is that we do not love them enough to share Jesus and his church with them before they die. Now watch this over here. Now wouldn't it be a sad story if you get to the judgment And the person who worked by your side for 20 plus years, you ain't never invited them to a church service. You never invited them to a Bible study. You never invited them to a gospel meeting, a revival. You never took the time to teach them about Jesus and the church. Wouldn't it be a sad day for Jesus to bring your friend beside you in the judgment day? And your friend would tell you, you never mentioned him to me. It'll be a sad day. I stopped by today to tell you, even if you were on your way to heaven, you would still not enjoy heaven, understanding and knowing that you had the golden opportunity to tell the best of your friends about Jesus, but now they have to spend eternity in hell because you simply failed to open your mouth about Christ and the church. Wouldn't that be a sad story? To see your kinfolk, to see your mama, and stand before you, and say, baby, you never ever told him to me. Wouldn't it be a sad story to see your siblings, to tell you in the judgment day, you never mentioned him to me. Wouldn't it be a sad story to hear your grandfather and your grandmother to tell you in judgment day, honey, Baby, grandma loved you all my life. Grandpa loved you all of my life. But you didn't love me enough to share Jesus and the church with me. And you have to watch them be cast into a devil's hell because simply you failed to open up your mouth. And the whole church should have said amen. Because a whole lot of us are guilty. Amen, somebody. You should be glad God gave you another day. Because you have another opportunity to do the things today that you failed to do on yesterday. And can I say something? It's not that we don't know what we need to do. It's just that we're more about doing our own stuff than doing the will of God. It's not like we don't know. We know what we need to do. But we simply what? We fail to do it. Somebody say, well, that's ignoring God. Well, call it what you want. That's disobedient to God and disobedience is displeasing to God. And every day you live your life, you should strive, you should endeavor to want to be better today than you were on yesterday. It is our job as the church to tell the loss about Jesus and his salvation. Amen, somebody. I know we want folk to just come to Christ by osmosis and just sleepwalk their way to baptism. I stopped by today to tell you that ain't happening. It didn't happen with you. It didn't happen with me. Guess what? Somebody had to take the time to teach me the gospel. Somebody had to take the time. Sit me down and teach me what does says the Lord. We have to hear somebody preach a sermon. We have to hear somebody teach a class. We need to understand the same spiritual courtesy they gave to us. We got to love them enough to share it with them as well. You can say you love your folk all you want. I just love my people. I just love them. Have you shared Jesus with them yet? How much I question your love. Well, you just—you don't know my family. Now you don't know—you don't know the power of the gospel. You see, what you're doing is you're putting your trust in your own will and volition. You're putting your trust in your own power. You're putting your trust in this human world. You need to put your trust where it needs to stay, and that is in the power of God. If the gospel can change wicked men in the first century, I stopped by today to tell you it got the same power to change the wicked men and women today as well. The center is the church. The circumference is Jesus. But I like this last one. For Lehman, the center is activating Christian living. Is activating Christian living. You don't have to work too hard on Sunday to activate Christianity. You just kind of go through the motion. We know what to do. When we come down here, everybody is the same. But your Christianity got to be activated when you leave this place. Testing. Y'all hear that? You have to activate your Christianity. When you go to work tomorrow, you better have it on. When you're driving on the interstate, you better turn it on. When you're shopping for groceries, you better turn it on. When you're mothering a child, fathering a child, you better turn it on. When you're married, you better turn it on. When you got your enemies who talking about you and you know they're talking about you and you walk up in the lounge and everybody gets silent, you know they've been talking about your name. You got to turn on your Christianity. The book of Philemon is about turning on Christian living. Watch this. And practicing forgiveness. You have to practice forgiveness. You, you have to practice forgiveness. I don't care if you've been saved 31 and a half years. If you don't practice forgiveness, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to make it happen. Folk will do stuff to you. They will say stuff about you. And you will sit down and worship with art in your heart. Because you simply fail to forgive. Forgiveness is not easy. Hello, somebody. Somebody step on your toes. Well, you can you can brush that off aside. But when they start calling your name and start saying stuff about you, I mean, you know you just feel some type of way about that, right? Uh, you just feel some type of way about it. And guess what? The human nature says, say something about them. Amen, somebody. Y'all know how this thing works. When somebody says something about you, you wanna what? You want to say something about them. But Philemon had to learn how to turn on his Christianity. He had to learn to practice what he preached. He had to learn how to practice forgiveness. Onesimus was a slave. Now, it's not that chattel slavery we had here in America. But it was slavery. And what happened was Philemon, Onesimus, escaped slavery. He found his way to Rome. He found his way to the house of the arrested Apostle Paul. And when he found his way there, God is an able God. He left the house of Philemon, a servant and a runaway slave. But Paul sent him back, a servant of the Most High God. Now Philemon you are a servant of the most high god now you got to practice what you've been preaching now philemon you got to practice forgiveness now philemon, you have to practice or activate christian living in a pagan environment in which philemon lived all of us are living in a pagan environment every day you got to get up put one foot before the other but you better not leave your house without activating your sanity, Paul says, all right, Onesimus, here it is. Here's your letter, go. Go with Tychicus and y'all go to Philemon. And he goes to the household of Philemon. Now y'all, Philemon lost a body. He lost some manpower. That mean he probably lost some money. Now if you a slave owner, your, your, your slave come back, huh? You upset he gone, right? but it's something about when you're a child of God. You got to put your money where your mouth is. It's one thing to say something, but it's another thing to actually practice what you say. Paul sent him there as a servant of God. Now I'm not saying that he perhaps wasn't a slave anymore, but I am saying this, that the treatment that Philemon was giving him before is better treatment that he's getting right now. Because Paul says, get for me, Philemon chapter 1, Philemon 1. Let's look around verse number 2. Watch this here. Philemon. I know you don't hear that book too often, but it is in the Bible. I promise you, it's there. Philemon, you see, they're looking for it now. See? Philemon. Hello, Philemon. I guess Philemon is sleeping. Philemon chapter 1. One of you good brethren, get for me. Get for me, though. Get for me that, number one, as they work on it there. Watch this here. Verse, verse, verse number two, if you got it. Somebody, anybody, any brother, read. Philemon. Read. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, read the next one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Watch this. When you hear about this fellow Philemon, he seems to be a Christian man, right? So Paul says now, you're going to have to practice what you believe in. You see, every day you get up, you got to practice what you say you are. Christianity does not come easy. You have to make your mind up every day single day that you are going to practice Christianity. If you slip up one day, you are going to be on a slippery slope. You cannot afford to slide even one day. There are people who have slid and never gotten up again. I stopped by today to tell you, you have to be spiritually aware each and every day. Day of your life, and sometimes you cannot wait to activate it when you step out of the house. You have to activate it when you wake up in the morning, because sometimes the devil don't allow you to experience trouble on the job. Sometimes he got you experiencing trouble in the home. Oh y'all don't hear me. Man, y'all need to fix this, stuff here. this ain't working. They can't. They can't even hear me. You need to understand that when you open your eyes you better activate the Jesus in you. You don't wait till you get out of the house. You know how many people done came to church mad. Y'all know how many husband and wives done took the Lord's supper divided? You got to activate it with your grandchildren. You you, you got to activate it. I said this a while back. Seasoned citizens got to come out of retirement now. I know y'all been retired, but you got to come out of retirement, why? Because you got to help your folk, raise the folk that they got. Amen, somebody. And you got to come out of your retirement. And help them do the stuff that you did with yours. Amen anyhow. But you better activate it because your grandkids can get on your last nerves. I mean, you got another nerve up in there somewhere. But they can get on your last nerve. But you got to activate your Christianity. So you're dealing with Philippians, Ephesians. Colossians, and that of Philemon. But go now to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Watch this here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Watch the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4. For this cause, do you see it? For this cause, I what? I bow my knees. Now what I want you to see here is Paul is praying for the Ephesian church. And Paul as he writes, watch this, he says, for this cause, and one of the reasons why Paul is praying is that Paul wants Ephesus, or the church in Ephesus, the Ephesian church, to become everything Christ wants them to be in Christ. That's why when you go, don't go there, in Ephesians one and verse number three, that's why he talks about all spiritual blessings are where? In Christ Jesus. He wants them to become everything that Christ has placed before them. And so he prays. Watch this. He says, for this cause, I what? I bow my knees. Can I say this? You can pray any kind of way. You can pray prostrated. You can pray in any position. You can pray standing up. It'll still get in. You can pray sitting down it'll still get in. You can pray lying down, it'll still get in. I don't know about y'all, but I like to just get on my knees. Amen, somebody. I don't care if you got good knees, bad knees, crusty knees, cracked knees, ashen knees, or even knock knees. When you get down, there's something about getting down on your knees. I don't care if you're Vietnamese, Japanese, or Chinese. Black knees, white knees, Asian knees, Island Pacific knees, Hispanic knees. All I'm telling y'all today is you ought to hit your knees and talk to the Lord. Ain't nothing feeling like that when you get on your knees and you talk to the God of heaven. When you get on your knees, it feels like you're just close to heaven. Huh? I mean, it just looks like you're surrounded by God. I mean, it's cool if you're driving and you you can talk to God. He gonna still hear you. It's all right. It's all right. You drinking your coffee at McDonald's. You can talk to him. He'll still hear you. But when you get prostrated and you put your knees on the ground, amen. Somebody, when you just get both knees on the ground, and sometimes you just put your face between your knees there and you just talk to the Lord, it just seems like God is just right there with you. Watch what Paul does. For this cause. I bow my knees. Y'all, you ought to have a cause that brings you to your knees. Every morning you get up, it's a cause to bring you to your knees. Every time you check your blood pressure and it's all right, it ought to cause you to bring you to your knees. Every time you check glucose, your sugar, it ought to cause you to bring you to your knees. Every time you can wake up in your right mind and still know your first, your middle, and your last name, you ought to go to your knees. Anytime you got a little funds in the bank, it ought to bring you to your knees. Anytime every single soul got up in the morning at your house, it ought to bring you to your knees. Anytime you got food on the table, it ought to bring you to your knees. Anytime you still got a job and still got a car to drive here, there, and everywhere, and you look at your life and you see the blessings that you have and you look across the street and folk ain't got the same stuff you got, it ought to bring you to your knees. Something about just, just talking to God. It feels safe. Hello, somebody. Huh? It feels safe. And it makes no difference what goes on when you're talking to God. Huh? I mean, I don't know how y'all do it, but when I talk to the Lord, I don't want nobody to don't disturb me. Don't don't disturb. Me. They're like daddy. I don't say nothing but they keep talking. Daddy, they see what I'm doing. Daddy, <laughs> Huh? I don't say nothing. Daddy, amen, somebody. You, you got to teach them when you talking to the Lord. We all quiet now. Ain't nobody saying nothing. We talking to somebody higher than all of us. And I tell you what, unless it's an emergency, amen, somebody, I come off on them knees and I come back to my prayer, but if it ain't no emergency, you leave me and my God alone, and let me tell Him what I got to tell Him. Amen. Somebody, and don't tell you nothing. Watch this here. You can talk to God like you can't talk to nobody else. I don't know why we. I don't know why we just. We just. We just. We just scared to talk to God. You you got to you got to open yourself up when you talk to the Lord. You know why you got to open up yourself? Because God. Done opened you up a long time ago. God done, God can see right through all of us. You got to make yourself vulnerable when you're talking to God. You gotta open up your entire mind, your soul, and your spirit. And you just gotta talk to God. But watch this here. He says, I bow my knees unto who? Unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse, watch this. We're almost done of whom the whole what why is it that we still talking we just like family we're not just like family we are family going to have to buy have to buy another mic brush this this Monday buy mic y'all can hear me it must have went out We, we are family. That's, we are family. We not just like, we are. Aren't we trying to go to heaven? Isn't heaven eternal? seem like a bunch of family folk going to be together. And we're trying to get to heaven, but we're trying to live heavenly down here. We got to treat each other like we're family from God. In heaven and earth is named. 16 says, watch this. That he would grant you, that's his prayer now. He's praying for the Ephesian church that she grants you according to the riches of his glory to be what? Anybody in here need some strength? Sometimes, I mean, you are, you're at your weak point and you need some strength. I know y'all are heavenly and you got your wings and you're ready to go to heaven, but sometimes you get weak. And sometimes you get weak physically. When you get up in age, you get weak physically sometimes. But sometimes you can get weak spiritually. And sometimes you can get weak mentally. And you can get fatigued mentally where it starts taking the strength from your body. And eventually it'll take your spiritual strength. You all stand in need of what? Of strength and most strength. Watch this. That he grant? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his what? In the inner what? That ain't the real you I'm looking at. I know you're cute and you're pretty and you're handsome and you got it going on, but that's not you. That's not you. That's somebody in you. That's somebody in your house. God designed your house. That's your house. That's your address on that. Your name is on your house. Why you don't like your house? I don't understand people. I talk to some folk, I just don't like myself. That's God gave you that body. That's your body. Own up to your stuff. That's yours. You ain't getting another one. God gave you that one. God gave it to you for free. You did not have to pay for it. Why in the world folk gonna pay to change the body God gave them? They wanna change their eyes. They wanna change the wrinkles on their face. They wanna Botox this and Botox there. They wanna juice it up upstairs and poke it out in... Y'all gonna find a meal. Juice it up upstairs. Poke it up at the bottom. God gave you your body. Don't you know God knew what kind of body you would have? That's your body. Own up to that body. God gave you the body. You were wonderfully made. Stop tripping. That's your body, man. Own that body. You know what's wrong with people? You got that body for free. You know what a body going now, how much that thing costs? Huh? Oh, you do the math. You know how much a brain costs? Huh? You know how much a heart costs? You know how much lungs cost? Kidneys? Appendix. All that stuff. God gave yours for free. And you don't like the body you have. Amen, somebody. Free body. Be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, watch this. That Christ may dwell in your what? By faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, hold that. By faith, you got to look, y'all, you can't live life without no faith. Can't you can't live it without no faith. You need some faith. Every time you get up, you gotta walk in the faith mode. You gotta turn on faith mode don't walk by sight. I don't know what today going to bring, but I'm going to walk this thing by faith. And just in case something happens to my physical house, I know by faith I'm going to be all right. That's what you got to believe. You got to live like that. You got to walk in faith. When you lose a loved one, how can I get over? How can I continue to walk? How can I continue to trust God? Every day I got to have faith. I may not be the same each and every day. I may cry every once in a while. I may get down every once in a while. I may go over to a picture and tears might down down my eyes. But every day I can make it. Why? Because I walk this thing by faith and not by sight. Watch this. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. That's his prayer, y'all. That's his prayer. That Christ dwell in your heart. Not in your hand. I said in your heart. This don't do me no good to told it in my hand if it's not in my heart. He says I want Christ Jesus in your heart because when I have Christ, Christ got me. Reminded of the story. Y'all remember the story? 2nd Kings 6. There was a prophet by the name of Elisha. He had a he had a servant by the name of Gehazi. You remember that fellow and the king had sent his army to go and get Elisha, and he sent him out there, and Ogre Hazar came out, and he, he looked out there, and he saw all of those horses surrounding the house of Elisha, and then the servant came back in and said, Master, he said, they're surrounding us. They're surrounding your whole house. Then Elisha backed up, and he talked to God. He said, Lord, open his eyes. Well, sometimes you got to pray to the Lord to open up a loved one's eyes. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord got to open up the husband's eyes. Any one of your wives, don't say nothing, you just be quiet, had to pray that the Lord open up your husband's eyes? Any one of your husbands had to pray that the Lord open up your wife's eyes. Don't say nothing, men. You'll be on lockdown for a month and a half. You have to pray that the Lord open up a son's eyes. Open up a daughter's eyes. But some, listen, you some things you can't do. You got to give it to God. <laughs> and you're worrying yourself. And you're confused on why you're saying, well, I'm living a Christian life. I'm doing all I can. Listen, the power ain't in you to change people. God can touch them. I know you want to lay hands on them. But God can touch them without physically laying hands on them. God can touch the heart. You and I don't have the ability to touch the heart. But God can touch the heart of people. And he can change their hearts. Watch this here. He says that ye be what? Rooted? That you be grounded? In what? Love. Are y'all listening to this? That's his prayer, y'all, for the Ephesian church. Any good preacher, any good elder would have the same kind of prayer today that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in what? Love. Because love is the key. And Paul understood that if they're grounded in it, if they're rooted in it, whatever comes their way as a church, they're rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. Give me the next verse. Watch this. Watch this. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, depth, and the height. God has some, God has deep love, wide love, tall love, <laughs> long love. And he says, There's nothing that should be able to take you away from the love that comes from God. Give me the next verse. Watch this. And to know the what? The love of Christ, which Passeth knowledge that ye might be what? Filled with all the what? Fullness of God. We need to be, listen, you can't be filled with, this is the mind of God. The Bible is the mind of God. If you want to be filled with God, you got to put the Bible in your life. What are you 14 today whether you are 25 today whether you're 45 75 if you want to be full of God you got to be full of the word and then watch this here hold that hold that our God is an able God he's at verse 19 do you see it Pray says that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Watch what he's going to do. He is now going to transition into verse 20 coming from verse 19. But it's not just him transitioning over. It's how he transitions over. Anytime you pray, you better pray with some confidence. Hello, somebody. I'm almost done. Y'all wake up. Y'all wake up. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Some of us are spiritually, we're spiritually out of shape. Yeah? Watch this here. He transitions. If you're not going to pray a prayer of confidence, you ought to keep your mouth closed. Because your prayer ain't going to do nothing at all. Verse 19. Paul prays, look at verse 20, watch this here, he says, now unto, he comes from verse 19, when he gets ready to close his prayer, watch what he says, now unto who? Him, watch this, he just got through praying for the Ephesian church, now he gets ready to close, now unto him, watch this, that is what? To do what? Y'all come on and talk. Y'all come on and talk. To do what? Exceeding. What? Abundantly. Come on. Above what? All. Read. That we what? Ask. Or what? Think. What? According to the what? Power. That what? Work it where? Give me 21. He says what? Unto who? Keep your mind on him. Keep it. On him. Whenever your mind starts wandering, uh, remind yourself, I got to get back, I got to get back, I got to get back, I got to get back. Now unto him and unto him be what? Glory in the church. Let let, let me do this. Let me do this. 20 and 21 is what you call doxology. A doxology is where you give glory, give praise to God. They use the word logos, which means word. What he's doing here, he takes the collection of thoughts, expresses them by way of words. And so what he does here, the doxology here, to give praise unto another. Yesterday we funeralized the late brother Richard Echoes. It was a eulogy. He was eulogized. The word eulogy or eulogize simply means to speak well of another. So when you have doxology, you speak well of God. So they had collections of thought, express itself by way of words. So all Paul is doing in verse 20 and 21, he is giving praise and glory to who? To God. That's why he says, unto him be what? Glory how? In the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Y'all still ain't got this. God is able. (laughs) No, no, no. He he, able y'all. I say, listen. He's able. God is able. I, he he, able y'all. Y'all follow me. Go get me that that tall ladder back there. Give, give me. I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you something. I, I'm not going to let you get off the hook today. Give me that ladder. God is able. Are you listening to me? Pay attention here. Pay attention here. God is able. If you got financial trouble, God is able. If you got relationship trouble, God is able. If you got health trouble, God is able. If you got career trouble, God is able. If you have house trouble, job trouble, whatever kind of trouble, God is simply what? Able. Open that thing for me. Open that thing. Put it on the stage. Put that thing on the stage. I want him on the stage. I got to show the show to folks. Put it right here in the in back of the pulpit. Open that thing up. Now you make sure you hold it. God is able, y'all. <laughs> Ooh. God is able. He's able to do exceeding. Uh, Abundantly. Above all that you want. Hold that thing, brother. God is able to do what? exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or you can think of by the power that works inside of you why are y'all tripping about the little stuff we deal with with God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or that you can think of who I take God is an able God. So the next time something confronts you, I want you to remember this doxology, that the God we serve is an able God to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask. Y'all, I don't know about y'all, but I can, you got it? You got to take this thing down slow. Once, there was a time I just could jump off of that ladder, but you jump now, I may break a couple of bones, and I need all my bones. <laughs> Thank you, my brother. Just leave that ladder right there. It's all right. It ain't hurting nobody. Just leave it right there. That's a reminder that God is able to do all that you what? Ask. What you want from him? What you want from him? Huh? What you want from God? What can you think of? Your little mind and your little request ain't nothing for God. That's what you got to think. You got to think like that. You got to think like that. Nothing that what you want according to the will of God. Over and above. Aren't you glad, Sister Brock, that anything I ask, all that I can think of, God says, man, I'm over and above all that. (laughs) Our God is enabled God. Even when we are disabled, he will enable us to do the things that is pleasing in his sight. Because keep in mind, the glory comes by the church. God is not glory of what happened out there in the world. His glory comes in and by the church. And the whole church should say, amen. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water, baptism. We'll baptize you today for the remission of your sins. If you're not a child of God, you need to be today. You need to be in Christ today. I said it on the last time I was here. Anybody who is connected to God, you are protected by God. I don't know about you, but every day I need the protection of God. Therefore, i got to be connected to God. Today, we'll stand and we'll sing an invitation song in just a while. And when we sing, if you want to put Christ on in baptism, we'll baptize you today for the remission of your sins. If you've got sin in your life and you need prayer, all you got to do is say, Church, I've sinned. I ask God to forgive me and y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for me. That's what we need to do. As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song. Why don't you come? all day long of Jesus I am singing. why don't you say